Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, joined as always by Raj Shafalu. Raj, we have finished the first week of free agency and the Lakers look a little younger than last year. <laughs> How are we feeling about that? I'm feeling great. You know, we I think like we only have like four, three or four players we signed over the age of 27 or something like that. So we really three or four players on the roster above the age of 27. Oh, on the roster. OK, yeah. yeah. So we've got a, a lot younger invested in youth. We had Lonnie Walker talking today, Juan Toscan Anderson talking today, um, having their press conferences. It was nice. You know, you feel like you have a more energized team, a bunch of guys still with stuff to prove. So feels like we're on a better track than last year. I'm always, it's always so interesting to me. Like the roster is the most probably important part of like a team, I guess. Like if you're looking at making a decision and that gets decided so quickly, like it feels like the off season started and we have our roster. Obviously there's mm-hmm. one pending transaction left that hasn't been made, but like, sure, this, sure. this is pretty much our roster and we got it in like two or three days. So I think I always find that so interesting um, that most of our team is set and I like the team. So I, I think we're, we'll be better than last year. Hopefully. It's funny when you go to NBA.com, we still mm. have uh, like Dwight Howard and Kent Bazemore, <laughs> Wayne Ellington, Avery Bradley all on the team. Um, I was going to say Kendrick Dunn, but he's, he's actually still a Laker <laughs> about that. <laughs> Probably not a good sign for Carmelo Anthony's hopes to return that Troy Brown is wearing seven, um, but we'll mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. I actually have a Lakers seven Jersey. It was the first basketball Jersey I ever, no, I'm sorry. It was the first NBA Jersey I ever purchased was mm-hmm. uh, Lamar Odom, number seven Jersey. Oh, and nice. he played one more year for the Lakers. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it was unceremoniously dumped after the Chris Paul veto. Lots and lots of Lakers have worn number seven since then, including Darius Johnson Odom, which I thought would make the jersey a little bit more valuable, but obviously not because DJO is not really a a Laker worth writing home about. But hopefully Troy Brown Jr. is uh, is a worthy candidate and I can (laughs) I can wear that thing to Staples sometime because it's either that or, you know, my Brandon Ingram (laughs) jersey. So Ah, not, not a lot of life in those. Yeah, I remember Darius Johnson Odom actually. He was part of the Dwight year, um, and I remember he was like in camp dunking and stuff. Um, so he was a very he was short, tiny. Stint. He was dunking. He, he was very tiny, but I think he was like <laughs> built right. Like I remember him like super as like a super built guard. Um, but if you, you say may- so, man. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned all those names. None of those are signed yet, which is kind of the interesting part of that. You mentioned like six people that were part of the Lakers rotation last year. None of them signed. The only one signed is, I believe, DeAndre Jordan, um, which is just crazy to me. He just continues to pick up teams um, no matter how awful he plays the previous year. But, yeah, it's funny. I think all the guys we signed this year would have been picked up uh, if we had not picked them. So I think that's that's a better sign than last year. Yeah, it is pretty crazy that our entire free agency spending spree to start, um, you know, the 2021 offseason is just unemployed by the NBA. It's crazy. It's nuts, right? Like I, I thought the Lakers might have interest in bringing Dwight Howard back, but that is probably no longer the case now that they've agreed to terms with Thomas Bryant. I'm mm-hmm. actually very excited about Thomas Bryant. Um, I know that he was objectively terrible for the Wizards last year, and I spent some time watching the Wizards. Obviously, our, our you know our good buds KCP and Kuz on the Wizards. I sure really enjoyed watching them, and I was kind of like morbidly curious to see how the Kristaps Porzingis thing was going to work after he got there. <laughs> And yeah, uh, Bryant was bad, but 
I'm, I'm of the belief that like ACL tears, you're not really the same until two years after, like you can come play a year after, but it takes a lot of time to get back into shape. So I'm perfectly willing to hold out hope that like a 25 year old Thomas Bryant is still the rim running, you know, sweet shooting guy who like admittedly has some defensive concerns, but that's why you pair him with somebody like Anthony Davis. Yeah, for sure. I'm super excited about Thomas Bryant as well. And like you talked about with the injury, like when you go back and watch his play, I think he played like 20 something games. Um, You're just checking like, can he move? Did he have injuries or anything like that? Is he still able to cut um, to the basket and stuff like that? And we got our stretch five. We haven't had a stretch five, you know, since maybe what Marcus Saul, I guess was like that was our two last... years ago, Raj. Okay. It wasn't that long ago. <laughs> it just felt long ago. So, so many <laughs> things happened since then, but yeah. And, and uh, I think the report came out that he'll have a chance to start. Um, I saw people saying he'll be like our book Lopez. We'll see with that. Um, like if he can, if he can shoot as well, but like his form looks pretty, like it's a nice, it's a nice shot. I remember watching him in summer league um he still always just looks way younger than I think he is he's got a nice baby face that is correct yeah (laughs) he's 24 now so I think he's kind of in more into his uh, NBA body like he was a good rebounder uh he's uh very jumpy he can present and jump for blocks not a great defense I mean he's in like the Lonnie Walker school to me where like he has all the (laughs) tools to where like he should be a better defender like there's no reason he shouldn't be a good defender and uh hopefully ham can kind of bring that out of him but anthony davis i think that's the best of both worlds right you give him a he wants to start next to a big you give him a big that can shoot and then they too can kind of switch off who's inside and who isn't but yeah, i'm excited for that i think our center position was our biggest need from last year we we upgraded from that 236 deandre jordan i think is 34 dwight howard's washed that's the point yeah <laughs> Dwight Howard yeah yeah and Damian Jones 27 uh Thomas Bryant 24 like you really got younger more athletic and more skilled which I think you know that's all you can ask for at that position admittedly when you compare Thomas Bryant to the 2021-22 Lakers centers he compares very favorably but as you mentioned Marcus Gasol is just a far better archetype of what Thomas Bryant is considering he actually plays defense and we have yet to see that Thomas Bryant can do that but again turning 25 like you said uh still like getting into his nba body coming off the injury it's not a minimum i don't really think it's that big of a deal and i i think because he's going to earn the starting spot if only because like you just have to have some spacing with lebron and anthony davis and i think it just makes more sense to have thomas bryant start and then damian jones come off the bench when lebron is the four Uh, sure Cause I don't, I don't love the AD Damian Jones, LeBron front court altogether. Like you can play two of those three together. Um, but I mean, Damian Jones is like super athletic and has that JaVale McGee, like bounciness to him, not JaVale McGee yeah. arms by any means. JaVale McGee also another Laker who wore number seven, by the way. But, <laughs> uh, I, I just like that there is a lob threat on the team. I think that's very important. Um, just cause like, how can you not have a lob threat when you have LeBron James on the team? And to have bigs with like comp, like varied skill sets is important, right? You don't just want like the same guy coming over and over again. So yeah, I'm happy to have Thomas Bryant. I mean, I know we already did the whole like, oh, hey, this guy was a Laker. Let's welcome him back thing last off season. (laughs) And I'm glad like we're not doing that again this year. But at the same time, like the 2017 draft was like so good for the Lakers. Like I talk about the 2017 offseason in a rational amount about the Lakers because of <laughs> how much fun the summer league team was. I loved Lonzo, love Kuz. Thomas Bryant sure. also in that draft. 
And, you know, the Lakers had to waive him because they didn't have enough roster spots in 2018, 19, which is silly to think about, like prioritizing zoo over Thomas Bryant and then trading zoo for Mike Muscala is an error that I will (laughs) never really forgive the Lakers for, but it's nice to have a guy who at least like, I mean, we, we said, right. The Lakers only have THT that they drafted. Right. And now there's at least two guys that they drafted. I know it's not quite the same, but it's, it's something. Yeah, and we give our scouting department one of their guys back. You know, I mean, he mm-hmm. was the 42nd pick um, in that 2017 draft. Uh, he comes back. Uh, I think he, he, him and, like, Zubac were supposed to be, like, our centers going forward. At least that's what I was hoping. And obviously both of them, uh, Thomas Bryan let go, Zubac shipped off. So, nice. You get your scouting t- department back. I think he's a good center for the minimum. I think he would have outplayed that contract if he was healthy, if he didn't get injured. I don't think he's a minimum player. So um, that's what you have to do. You have to get players that um, can outperform that minimum contract. And I think he definitely can. And the biggest thing for me is it keeps that versatility. You talked about LeBron at the four. I think LeBron at the four, AD at the five is still our best lineup. And you bring in two centers that can kind of play around that. And you have two different styles. You can play the space uh, the space with Tommy, Thomas Bryant or the JaVale role, Damian Jones. Um, and it depends who our point guard is. Again, not to uh, lean back <laughs> on that, but if our point guard can shoot, then I think it's fine having a center that can't shoot. I think that's okay if uh, not going to say his name yet. But um, yeah, like, I, think I think it's that's fine. pretty impossible to construct a successful NBA offense if your point guard cannot shoot. <laughs> I mean, I literally cannot think of an example of an NBA team that like scored at an efficient rate where their point guard could not shoot. I guess the, the comp I, well, okay. This was best case scenario and we've done a million pods on Russell Westbrook, but <laughs> like, yeah, but you watch the Milwaukee bucks, drew holiday. He should be able to shoot, but he could not shoot in the playoffs, but drew holiday gives you How best many in- big threes. Did drew holiday hit during the postseason? That's that's true. But I meant overall, like they were, you know, guarding him as like they wanted Drew Holiday to kind of shoot. Uh, but Drew Holiday is one of the best. The alternative was not guarding Giannis. <laughs> that's that's fair. That's totally fair. I mean, like Giannis, like best defense in the league type of stuff. You know, he's a big time rebounder. He can score in the post. Um, he can get his own shot from the mid range. Like those, like those are things that like if you can't hit threes at a respectable rate. You have to do those other things. Um, so that's the difference, I guess. That's where, like, if your point guard can't shoot, he has to be, like, Marcus Smart. You know, and Marcus Smart can shoot. It's just, I'd like... I'd rather be Drew draft. Holiday than Marcus Smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, that's that's the only that's the only way. So if your point guard can shoot, you can start Damian Jones and Anthony Davis. That's mm-hmm. fine. Um, but if not, you're going to need a little... You're going to need more spacing around it. Yeah, and again... I know our silver screen and roll resident Anthony is disappointed that, you know, the Lakers Anthony is not starting at center. And I get that bringing in two centers when your wing depth is what it is for the Lakers, like so lacking seems like a waste of resources, but I also think you kind of just need good players. And Mm -hmm. these are, are good values at the very least. I know we're, we're just huge Damian Jones fans here, obviously. Um, and just looking at what was available for wings on the minimum, like I would just rather have more competent NBA players. And so I'm happy yeah. that, you know, at least even if Anthony Davis isn't starting at center, like there are players next to him who are legitimate NBA players, you know, like that was a real problem with the Lakers rotation last year. In addition to the not having wings was that we were playing not NBA players. And so that problem <laughs> hopefully is getting closer to being addressed. 
Right. Yeah. And look, you have to listen to your superstar. I mean, Anthony Davis does not want to No, play. you don't have to listen to your superstar when he plays less than half of the games over two seasons and is unavailable for your playoffs. I don't agree that you have to listen to him. <laughs> uh, see, I'm nervous. I think like you have to. Anthony Davis has a reason why he doesn't want to play center. He's on the court. Like, there's obviously a reason. He feels like it's taxing. I'm fine. Like, I'm fine with it in like a regular season sense. If you can build a team around to do that, having that next to like Malik Monk and all these small guards, like that's going to be a failure. But uh, playing him at center with that, you're going to, it's going to be a failure. But yeah, I, I don't really mind it. If he wants to start at power forward, I think, you know, he's an incredible off ball defender. He can blow up coverages um, at the four in ways that he can't as the five, as like a help defender. So, I'm fine with it and he'll play center when it matters. So, and hopefully it's more than 40 games this year. So, um, but, uh, but, but we'll see. Cause I mean, if it's not more than 40 games then really, what are we talking about? Like none of this even matters. Exactly. Right? None of this even matters. Exactly. Um, For sure. But you know, in the interest of discussing other players who may be joining Anthony Davis on the court, uh, the Lakers played three real games of basketball this week. Um, your mileage may differ on the word real when it comes to summer league, especially when it's the California classic my favorite name of all of the summer leagues because it includes three California teams and the Miami heat. It just cracks me up every year. Um, but yeah, the Lakers looked very good in two of those games, less good in one of those games that happened to be the one that I watched live. So, you know, approach my pessimism with that grain of salt. <laughs> um, Raj, you know, obviously 15 players on this roster or however many, three of them are really the ones that we're interested in. Right. Sure. Max Christie, who is the Lakers second round pick this year, uh, Cole Swider and Scotty Pippen jr. The Lakers current two ways, although obviously that could change at a moment's notice, really considering how fungible their two ways were last year. Sure. Anything from those three stand out to you in particular? Yeah, definitely. Well, first it's funny. You said the California classic, the Clippers aren't a part of that, which is like, no, really... it is three California teams <laughs> in the Miami heats, which again really... is so stupidly funny. I don't know why. Yeah, it's really strange. Um, I really like Cole Swider, and I, I, I always pose this question to, to people, like, what do you take from Summer League? Like, what can you take? Obviously, wins and losses, I don't really take much. The MVP, I mean, like, there's players who won MVP who had okay, you know, uh, who had okay seasons. But I think, like, skill sets is something I really looked at. Like, I watched Cole Swider shoot, and that dude can shoot. Like, there's, I don't care where you're shooting on, uh, what, what, the, what gym you're in. The rim is 10 feet and he has a nice release. Um, and I've really been impressed with him. Uh, he, I think he had videos before the draft where, where he said he's the best shooter in the draft. And uh, he, I feel like he's kind of displayed those kind of qualities. He can take them contested. I think he went eight for 13 from three in his first two games. Um, only took two threes in the last game, I believe. I think he went one for two to um, in the final summer league game. The but I like his game. Jay Huff was palpable in that third oh. summer league game. <laughs> absolutely jay huff it looks looks really good too on like i want to see it against actual nba athleticism but mm -hmm. i mean seven footer can shoot attack closeouts was blocking shots at the rim probably just doesn't have the physicality to match up yet but i, I liked yeah. his game too I mean, dwight howard had some very nice things to say about him last year when he joined the laker roster during all of those uh you know covid hardship days uh, and i do trust dwight howard's ability to evaluate nba centers um <laughs> There, you know, obviously Dwight Howard has his, you know, eccentricities, but I, I trust his ability to evaluate at least the defensive potential of NBA centers. And and on Cole Swider, he's a four-year NBA guy too, and I think the Lakers just do really well with four-year guys. Um, we had what Larry Nance, Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma was three or four. I don't remember. Um, Kyle exactly Kuzma was three, yeah. 
three three years in college. But I mean, these guys who stay in college, you know, a while, I think they contribute to NBA teams. And you could see the the poise that he plays with. Um, and the Lakers just do well with those type of players. So I expect Cole Swider to not be on a two way pretty soon. I expect he'll hmm. be on the roster um, just with the shooting that that we need. Uh, you know, the Lakers already good. have fourteen players on their roster, right? Right. Yeah. I, I just think he's too good to keep on a two way, but we'll, but we'll see. Maybe I'm just too excited about summer league. We got, <laughs> we won two games in a row, Sabrina. We won two games in a row to close the season and we didn't do that before January. So it was nice to have a win streak. I don't care if before it was before we league. waived or guaranteed the contract of Avery Bradley. That was the demarcation point of our season. <laughs> but Austin Reeves had like a third, I forgot what he had, like a huge triple double to close the season. Um, that got us our second win. So in a row. Um, but yeah, I like Cole Swider a lot. Scotty Pippen Jr. is like one of those guards where like, I don't know what he is at the next level, but I like, I think he's a solid guard. I mean, he's a, I think he can, I think he can play. I will enjoy watching him on the South Bay Lakers. I'll put it that <laughs> way. Uh, he just seems a little bit too small to do anything at the NBA level. Sure. And I think that forces him into some bad decisions when he gets like, into traffic. Um, I just, I wasn't a fan of his like, uh, when to take a shot, when to pass out thought process, you know, when he drove into the lane. But again, I watched the loss when they didn't have Jay Huff. That was, you know, the game I focused in on. But I, I worry about a point guard who's six feet. Like it just, it doesn't sure. seem like he has quite the requisite amount of vision to direct an NBA <laughs> offense. I mean, at a certain point, like physical tools matter. It just, it is what it is. Right. And that's, what's kind of cool about Swider is that he's, he's like six, nine, right? Like he has six, nine yeah. size. Yeah. He can be a, a power forward in theory with that size. Um, even if Reminds- you know, the, the athleticism is not ideal. <laughs> Reminds me of Kuzma, honestly, a lot. Like, just like people keep saying that. I don't see it. I don't see it. Kuzma couldn't shoot, <laughs> but he could. Like, like, Cole well, Swider's jumper is way better than Kuzma's <laughs> ever was. And Kuzma had this like really nice flair for the in between game. And I don't really see that with Swider. Um, to me, it seems like they have completely opposite skill sets. It's just that they're both like tall, <laughs> light skinned guys who had some swag for the Lakers in the summer. Like, like that's what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> Uh, well, I guess like what I see is the kind of lack of handle, right? Kuzma didn't have okay. like a really tight handle and Kuzma was wet at summer league. Like when he was shooting threes, like it's he true. was, he it's was true. hitting his threes. So um, honestly, as a guy who doesn't watch a second of college basketball, I was like, wow, this guy's like, this guy can really shoot. And everyone's like, he shot 37%. He's played out of position. It was whatever. funny though, because there was this stat about Kuzma when he came out, that like, if you just counted his threes that were NBA range, cause the college line was further up. I remember at that this. Point, <laughs> like it was actually really good. <laughs> So he was just bonking a couple, bunch of long twos, but he was actually hitting threes. Um, that was just the funniest thing to me that somebody like took the effort to do that. But I think we even have evidence that Kyle Kuzma is a perfectly good corner three-point shooter, and he probably shouldn't be taking threes beyond that. Cole Swider, on the other hand, I like his form everywhere. Me too. Yeah, it's it's legit. He can pull up off uh, ball screens as well. He's comfortable um, catching and shooting from anywhere, and it, he can shoot contested, uh, which I really like. And then, of course, Max Christie, it, it's, it's funny watching Max Christie because I remember watching Brandon Ingram's first like summer league game mm. and it looks like a guy who like just I don't know if you drove like stick shift before but it's kind of like wow like what am I doing here like I'm, I'm still trying to learn my body and that's kind of what I see from Max Christie but the defense I mean we watched like no defense last season Serena so maybe like <laughs> I'm just more excited but I see this kid play defense I'm like oh, okay I see what they saw like his screen navigation is really good 
he was like locking up Moses Moody in the like possessions they had against each other. And Moses Moody is like a legit lottery pick who played actual fine. I don't know if he played in the finals. I don't remember, but he played like, I don't remember him playing in the finals, but he played the conference finals. <laughs> yeah. He played like legit NBA uh, minutes. Yeah. But, and I think the Warriors expect him to have a legit role next year. And I thought Christie was I mean, incredible. Yeah. Cut it, cut him off um, on his drives. His shot still looks like um, he's, he's a little more gun shy than I thought. Like he doesn't shoot as much as I think he should. Um, but he's a, his defense is, I think is he a, shoots plenty there. considering how bad the shot looks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want him firing. I don't care about the percentage. Take, take the shot. Um, but yeah, he I would say ran a little bit more for a corner three in that final mm-hmm. game against Sacramento that would have given the Lakers the lead in the fourth quarter. And it was a bad miss. <laughs> it was a bad miss. <laughs> On a possession yeah. immediately after he had kind of gotten a steal and like was leading the break and then just sort of yeah. didn't have any craft on his finish in the lane. So the, the offense is clearly behind the defense. Sure. But that's okay because presuming he is on the like the Lakers big roster, he'll be getting better shots because he won't be guarded to the same effect that he's being guarded in summer league. And, you know, he just won't have to do as much with the ball in his hands. Yeah, for sure. And I think there is an adjustment from like, um, especially a kid as young as that from like going from college to NBA closeouts, like it's a totally different thing. The athleticism, the speed of the game, even at summer league. Um, I remember D'Angelo Russell talking about that his first summer league. He's yeah. like, the game is faster there. So yeah, even it's an adjustment. if it's not NBA athletes, it's still better than college athletes. It's still a significant, like, it's still a, a high like selection of college athletes, right? Like that's still what you're working with. Even exactly. if there's another step up to you know g-league nba um, uh, I, I don't really exactly. think it's worth talking about the other guys in summer league because <laughs> the ones that i liked were like 26 years old and they're not making the lakers roster <laughs> so i hope they have a good time in south bay you know just wish them well i did want to talk to you just about like the idea of summer league in general because i have never been to summer league and this week for the very first time i'm going to vegas for a couple of days and <laughs> I just like, what, what am I getting into? Rush? <laughs> so I don't really follow like Marvel and stuff like that. You know, okay. I'm not really into that, but it's like entering the Marvel version of the, like uh, the universe, the basketball universe, kind of oh like it, it <laughs> not to make it sound super nerdy, I guess, but like, it's, it's a really cool experience. Like you walk in and there's like scouts everywhere, you know, there's like coaches of all these teams everywhere, kind of just walking around. Um, it's just a really cool vibe. A lot of, and it's just people who love basketball. I mean, if you're going to summer league, people games, who like, love basketball, you said, Rush. <laughs> oh yeah. Just a fitting, you know, <laughs> just a fitting for this podcast. But yeah, if you're going to summer league, I feel like you really do love basketball, especially if you're traveling to Vegas to go to summer league. So it's a really cool experience. Basketball games all day long, people coming up, going down. Um, it's really fun. I would, like, I know this is your first one and I'm not saying, I'm not hoping the Lakers have lottery picks. Okay. That's not what I'm <laughs> saying, but <laughs> the summer league is a lot of fun when the Lakers have lottery picks or even like, you know, actual players second, like it would have been great if Austin Reeves was playing. I think he would have actually brought a bigger house and then we'll get maybe he'll come to a, vegas maybe yeah I, but he was too good for summer league i mean was i think he, i don't know that he was too good for summer league last year that's definitely not the case no not but last year may, maybe they'll just bring him to vegas they didn't bring him to you know northern california but you know just a couple games just help the other guys out by you know <laughs> introducing a real nba player to the rotation i don't know 
the, the Lakers yeah. roster could use an influx of a little bit more talent. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think no, I think people will enjoy Max Christie. And you said you watched them all on TV, um, right? You watched the 2017 one. You bring up. Uh, I watched the 2018 bring... Summer League team a lot too. That was a good one. Uh, we lost in the championship game to Portland that year. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I, I enjoy watching Summer League. I've just never been in Summer League like at Vegas before. So I'm looking forward to that part of it. So there, there was my favorite one that I've been to, and like I, I'm not sure when we'll get this type of vibe again. But it was Lonzo was drafted 2017. 2017, yeah. 2017. So Lonzo had his first summer league game, and I've been to a bunch of games at at, at Staples when it was sure, Staples. Staples, yeah. And I've never seen an environment like that. Like it was the most hostile. Like, and summer league is. That game on television was nuts too. Just like it, it felt like a playoff game. Just like the, the atmosphere in the crowd. I don't know if that's what it felt like actually being there, but just watching it, that was the energy I was getting. So Serena, I think summer league, the doors open at 12. Okay. The Lakers game isn't until seven, I believe that night. Right. Mm-hmm. So I get there 12 to get, cause it's uh first come first serve scene you know, okay. at summer league. So that's how the ticketing works. So I get there Good at to 12 know. to get this seat. <laughs> So I get there at 12 to get good seats. Really worth it. Stay there seven hours. I mean, I watched good games, of course. But I was there to watch the Lakers. And it was the most craziest environment. Really, like the fans are like on top of you kind of. And like they can they can hear what you're saying. It's, you know, it's it's more like secluded environment. So Lonzo Ball has the ball. And there's people like telling him to shoot. And he's like following their instructions oh on God. the floor. Like he's like, and so he's like, take it. If you remember the first game, uh, we played the Judd Clippers. Judd Bushler must have hated first. this. <laughs> So we played the Clippers and like an awful game. Um, I think like he was like one for 11, but like he was mm-hmm. taking all these shots, which like I think people when there weren't really watching Lonzo crazy like in college. So he's taking like step back threes and stuff. And um, it was just a really cool environment, though, just to be there. And then the Boston game next um, was really cool. They played B- Boston after that. Um, we lost we had the, the locker- first two, I remember, and then one out the rest of the way. Yeah, and I only went to the first two. I mean, I just, I, I can't believe that. <laughs> the game um, against the Clippers was great because B.I. was crushing it. Well, our very uh, first play of Summer League was a lob from Lonzo to B.I., which was mm-hmm. just riveting. <laughs> Perfect, yes. <laughs> I remember this like it was freaking yesterday, five years ago, a meaningless game in Las Vegas. <laughs> um, and then Brandon got like a little nick. Like I, It was either in overtime or near the end of regulation. And magic comes yeah. out and is like, no, nah, we're done. We're shutting him down. <laughs> he had a left to right crossover um, to the basket. Uh, don't think I've been in a louder environment. Like it was, <laughs> it was so loud in there. Like it was game one of the playoffs. Like he had the layoffs. Why everyone was just playoffs screaming. in Los Angeles. Like we haven't had real playoff games in Los Angeles since the pandemic. Because um, yeah. the, the, the Phoenix Sun series was still limited capacity. Yeah. exactly yeah we had a playing game am i those are all clipper do we have a playing game with yeah but the playing game was limited oh yes, yes. Yeah. yeah oh it was too yes yes yeah. the that, clippers have right. hosted um, like actual full capacity playoff games but you went to the playing game it was not full capacity and i went to several no i went to all of their home playoff games actually and um you know not not always full capacity but the lakers need to host some playoff games so we can capture that you know, Las Vegas, Lonzo Wall, Summer League energy. 
<laughs> I'm thinking of just taking my Duke jersey and wearing that because I'm sure there are plenty of guys at Summer League who have gone to Duke. It's probably the most common college <laughs> other than Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you'll be you'll be good. I mean, you're going to really enjoy it. I, I think it's something that everyone, if you have the chance to go to, they should go to. Again, if you can try to go when we have lottery picks, hopefully that's not for a long time. Well, we but... don't have lottery picks because no yeah. one's going to take them anyway. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's going to be a while or just second year players, you know, like second year players would be nice to to have on the team. Uh, like when you Josh think Taylor Hart... and Tucker should be playing summer league. <laughs> third, third year player. Who could no. use summer league more? Taylor Horton Tucker or Austin Reeves? <laughs> oh, that's me. Don't do that. <laughs> Objectively, during the 2021-22 season, Austin Reeves was a better player than Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's true. Um, he was. Yeah, I would. I would argue that Austin Reeves has a longer body of successful NBA work than Taylor Norton Tucker does. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I mean, know, I, I like to already on, at summer league. He never really got to do it right because he was hurt his first year, and then 2020 there was no summer league. Um, 21, I, I don't mm-hmm. think he was in summer league last year, was he? Mm-mm. He was actually in his court side. He was <laughs> like on, a vet. Out, actually, he was sitting court. <laughs> he was that he was a vet. He got paid. He was just paying, sitting in the front. You know, like like he was the season vet. I am looking um, at the Lakers summer league roster, and Talon is in maybe like the thirtieth percentile of age. Like he could fit in just fine. <laughs> <laughs> he is younger than Paris Bass and Vito Brown, and you know. Sasha Kalea Jones and all these guys like get my man in summer league. Let's get him some point guard reps again. I'd like to see THD play basketball is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I'm, I think he played like a few games in the California classic, his rookie year. And then, um, that and then was he got hurt. Yeah. Then he got hurt. Yeah. But I mean, THD has shown enough to me in like the G league to where like he's a real <laughs> basketball player. Like I don't need to see THD play, uh, play there are guys who have shown things in the G league who are on this team. Like Mason Jones is on this team. Mac McClung was fine in the G league. Jay Huff, obviously good in the G league. Um, that's, no that's one fair. is too good for Las Vegas is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I mean, the, the most shocking one to me is Cade Cunningham playing summer league. I think Yo, the, the Pistons are clearly <laughs> trying to win this thing. <laughs> Sadiq Bay is a third year player. I think mm-hmm. who's playing in summer league way too good for this. <laughs> I appreciate the just balls out effort to try to get a title. Honestly, give me a Detroit, Oklahoma city summer league championship game. I'm all for it. Yeah, that's probably There's what a we're lot of good get. players there. Give me Josh Giddy versus Cade Cunningham. You know, give me Isaiah Stewart versus Chet Holmgren. All of it. All of it. So I, I never never got to ask you. So do you take anything from Summer League performance? Like, I think if a player plays bad, that doesn't mean they're not going to be good. But like, is there anything you take? Like to me, when Josh Hart showed out, that was a legit thing. Like that was like, oh, he can, he's like, he's ready to be a legit role player next year. Or when Kyle Kuzma showed out, like I thought that was like legit, like, like how Kuzma took summer league hype into like, not just the NBA roster, but like a whole brand, like Kyle Kuzma started from summer league. So do you take anything from that? Cause I think, I think like yeah, there's stuff to take from it. I just, I don't, I haven't really pinpointed exactly like what's good or what isn't, but I think there's, there's stuff to take. So do you take anything from summer league performances? I only take good things from summer league. <laughs> I ignore all of the bad things. 
<laughs> I only take the good things. Like when Lonzo is summer league MVP, that means I agree with Magic Johnson that his jersey will eventually be retiring in the rafters, you know? Um, when Kuzma, you know, fills in for, or not fills in, but like leads the team to a championship, even without Lonzo playing, like, you know, I read into that when Alex Caruso steps in for Lonzo ball, when he's hurt, I read into that. And Brandon Ingram's eaten up first year guys. Like, and you're right. Josh Hart was the MVP the next year in 2018, the team that won or lost in the championship game, incidentally to the team that he now plays for the Portland Trailblazers. But yeah, I, I only have good vibes from summer league. Like if players are not playing well, it's very easy to just be like, okay, well, it's early, you know, different situation. Um, but if they're playing well, like I immediately think all of those skills are translatable. So, uh, I just try to have a good time watching summer league because these guys are literally just like living out their NBA dreams, right? They're having an awesome time playing with pros for the first time, some of them. And just like everyone's locked up in one place and having the wildest overreactions possible. And that's just the fun part of it. Right. So I, I don't think I take any real serious conclusions from summer league, but if players play well, I am by all means boarding the hype train. <laughs> sure. I, I guess like what I take most, and again, this doesn't mean they're not going to be good or it doesn't matter or like it's going to like derail their career. But I do take something from like players who played a year in the league. And I mean, like played real minutes, right? Like who were actually on a team, um, were in a rotation uh, and were uh, a main part of a team's rotation and then go play summer league, right? Like I think those players should be better. Like, I think when you play a year in the league, summer league, the game should slow down for you. You should feel more in control. You should be able to um, put an impact on the game. If you're not shooting well, you should have some kind of impact in a way that that makes sense. So that's what I do look for, like second-year players, um, like Moses Moody or uh, or even Kate Cunningham, who's playing for no reason. But again, like guys like that, <laughs> I, like guys like that, I think it matters. Like guys want a ball, let them play, all right? And you I know- remember – if the Pistons are trying to use summer league as like a real exercise to evaluate players, give your guys a real point guard and it's much easier to evaluate them. Uh, but I kind of that, agree with pl- that. But those players are going to pl- like those players on the Pistons are going to play on the Pistons next year, like in their summer team, like they're going to play together. So I think like I, it makes sense to me, like, like when D'Angelo Russell came back and like he played like, and he played a lot better and they were saying he had stuff to prove, which I didn't believe. I thought Dilo was better his rookie year than people gave him credit for but like he came back and he really showed like yeah i'm a legit talent in this league and then uh like uh, uh, josh hart obviously and all those guys that like come back the second year i will say when a second year player struggles in summer league yes i do have doubts <laughs> yes that like that is when see, i that, will take negative takeaways <laughs> right that that's like my main thing like uh if you're a second year guy coming back you should be better I'm not expecting to dominate, but that's you should, why like, I don't even blame second year guys for not going to summer league because it's a lose lose proposition. You can't, yeah, you can't gain anything from it. Um, and you just get slaughtered if you play poorly. Right. But I mean, you shouldn't play poorly. Like, like, just like, you know what <laughs> like, I mean? What like, if you're just like get sick and you have a couple okay. like low energy games, you know, nobody knows that you're sick. Nobody knows that you have low energy. I just, that's I think true. it's, there's nothing to be gained from it. If you're a second year player, like God bless Cade Cunningham for wanting to play more basketball, but like him playing well in this summer league is not going to teach me anything that I didn't learn from the last no. three months of the NBA season. Yeah. No, he doesn't need to play, but I mean like James Wiseman with the Warriors, like I'm like, he's, he didn't play in the NBA. So like, it's good for him as a second year guy to go in. like guys like that should, but I'm talking about players who are like in rotations, like, uh, like Taylor Horton Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, 
Oh, man. Uh, but Killian Hayes Killian is about Hayes. to be supplanted by Jaden Ivey, so that guy needs to show out during summer league for some other team. Okay, yeah, but he's going into year three. I believe he That's played correct. two years. Yeah, yeah. See, like, guys like that, I really don't need a third year of a summer league, like, performance. Yeah, the, like the Pistons, I, like, half of their summer league roster is literally their, their NBA roster. They may be taking it a step far. Yeah, but, like, I remember Devin Booker playing in summer league, and I was like, there's no reason. Like, Devin Booker was legit good his rookie year. Um, he was he could, he could showed he can score. I remember he did an interview. He's like, this game's on ESPN. I want to, like, show out at summer league. I mean, like, the Suns never play on ESPN, so that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That was before they were good. But I'm like, yeah. you don't need to really play here. But, yeah, like, that's – I agree with you, though. The second-year guy coming who doesn't – who plays really poorly. Let me put it that way. They play bad, and then there's, like – you're like you're ahead of any guys which which i think is a bigger um bigger thing to look at but yeah that's why it's interesting i, I think there's a lot yeah, of overreaction that chet was calling chet was i was gonna say yeah, like I mean, chet was, chet being was called just like, like kd yeah, yeah yeah he looked like like jesus yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and then kenny lofton was just like no thank you today <laughs> um but yeah that's why i i have no you know it will ill will to Austin Reeves for not wanting to play summer league because the hype of being like a Laker on summer league just seems yeah. overwhelming and all due respect to Austin Reeves. He is no Brandon Ingram. He is not going to show out like Brandon Ingram did in his second year of summer league. So I think it's fine if he doesn't want to play. And the more I think about it, the more I want THD to play summer league. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> PhD would dominate some league. Let's not do that. That this guy is good at basketball. It has been a while. THD would dominate some league. Let's not do that. THD when was would... the last time like he was good? It's been a very long time. I think there's there were games where like he showed. He, he had like the one game when he came back from surgery too fast, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like shooting the tar off the ball, and it was obviously unsustainable because it's not the kind of player that Taylor Horton Tucker is. And then nothing after that, but. It's it's funny that we've spent this long talking about summer league and then also a guy who has never played in summer league. He played a few games, uh, but uh, he didn't play in Vegas. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, I think summer league is interesting. I think it's it's actually some fun basketball finally. So we have a Vegas is the real summer league to me. Like I know we went two and one in this classic, but no one really counts that. Like it's I mean the Sacramento the Vegas Kings too. <laughs> Right, credit to right. our buddy Zane for capturing the video of Sacramento Kings fans excitedly saying <laughs> that they were going to get 40 wins this year. I read the caption. I knew it was coming and I was not prepared for the excitement of that fan when he said they were going to get 40 wins. I'd like 40 wins. Yeah. They haven't won 40 games since like the Rick Adelman era. I, I think that's I saw correct. someone tweet that. How was that? I just like I don't understand how that's possible. That's just well, you hire Luke Walton, so that's just three years down the drain for you. Um, George Carl, also, you know, I have a not a lot of uh, faith in George Carl. And then you let Vladi Divac make some of the worst trades known to mankind. So that's pretty much how the last nine years went. Uh, Before that, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a Kings podcast. I'm just like, I'm just like <laughs> thinking like, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's insane to me that, uh, that they've been so bad for so long. It's been like, what, yeah. well, 15 years. If we're not careful, the Lakers could be so bad for so long. We uh, just recently escaped a, what, 
six-year playoff drought. Is that correct? No, it was 14, 15. Seven. I think it was seven. seven. 18, so five years. No, six years. I know. Five years. I'm sorry. Mm. I can't count properly. No, no. Six years. <laughs> Jesus. It was 2019 <laughs> as well. So 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. We just recently okay. escaped a six-year playoff drought. We That's have not fair. won yeah. a playoff series in either of the last two years. Did not make the playoffs last year. So we're not exactly thriving you know the one <laughs> the one exception year is obviously quite good I, mm-hmm. banners hang forever but we're not a paragon of institutional like stability or success or anything like that and as much as i enjoy clowning on the sacramento kings i think it's best not to uh that's fair not to shame them too much when we haven't been much better <laughs> That's so, true. Yeah. That, that's fair. Well, but before we close, cause we, we do love basketball. So we love uh, everyone around the league. I want to get your take. What do you think of the Gobert, Gobert trade uh, for Minnesota? Oh. Um, you know, I hate to steal what somebody else said, but uh, I was listening to the low post and Zach Lowe said, it's sure. really easy to win a trade when you're not trying to win games. And I think it's really easy to say Utah won the trade because they got all the assets, uh, a right. disturbing number of assets, honestly. I admire teams that try to go for it. I admire teams that try to be better than what they are. You know, they finally got to the playoffs. They have this foundational superstar in Anthony Edwards, who is so cool, first of all, and just really good and showed some defensive versatility that I did not expect to see out of him. I'm happy that they were going for it. I personally think Rudy Gobert is pretty underrated, honestly. Uh, And I think regular season-wise, that's going to be an awesome team. So... Yeah, that's a lot of picks. I think they did not negotiate well enough, but I like the idea of going for Gobert. And I am happy that Rudy Gobert will finally be able to play on a playoff team with some perimeter defenders. So good for you, Rudy. Yeah, I mean, that's all fair. And I thought John, I forgot his last name, uh, who Krasinski. was on the low, Krasinski, yes, I thought he did a great job. Like he kind of convinced me a little bit more about the trade. But I mean, Anthony Edwards is 20. So like, like I, the timeline to me is just, and then we just com- not complain, but we were talking about Anthony Davis doesn't play center, right? We, we would like him to play center. And when we put what two minimum guys, Carl Anthony Towns cannot play center though. Defensively. I, mean, I do not think he can be your center, but he came out as a defensive guy. From- he came out as a defensive guy who played power forward in college though. Right. He was the power forward yeah. next to Willie Colley Stein who was like the defender and he played next to another center too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm going to look this up real quick. Keep talking. Right. Yeah. So like, but I feel like they just gave Carl Anthony Towns a $15 million a year supermax. Like mm-hmm. I think there are physical things that Carl Anthony Towns can't do, but I think a lot of that is him. Like, like he's became a worse defender than he was um, uh, to come into the league. I feel like, and I've heard a lot of talk about that. I just think like, their best position to me is still Towns at center with the offensive kind of spacing that it gives you. And I think like Gobert is just not the player that I would invest in. I totally get it from like a floor standpoint. I think it raises their floor. I think they become one of the top teams in the West. I just like, I watched Gobert the last three playoffs. Like we just watched them against Dallas. I mean, they would not throw him the ball against six, one Jalen Brunson. Like they I just would not. And that's Donovan that- Mitchell more for that than I do Rudy Gobert to be perfectly honest. That's the fair. French the national Mitchell's... team throws him the ball. They let him attack okay. switches. Okay, but not just this year. Again, like it's not just Autumn and Mitchell either. They have other ball handlers in Utah that just completely ignore him. 
I was there at the when they lost against the Clippers. He had Reggie Jackson on him. They would not give him the ball. Like there's things in the playoffs. The, the and Clippers I saw, thing is gonna is gonna work against him for many years. He couldn't jump that game. Like he literally couldn't move. He lost the opening tip of that game to like Marcus Morris or somebody. He just didn't. He was sure. physically hurt, and I realized that, that does not excuse all of the shortcomings that Rudy Gobert has had in the postseason. But in that particular game, I'm willing to give him a pass. Sure, but I just think like the way playoff the playoffs go, like it becomes like a switch heavy teams attacking in isolation. I think that's just not what he's the best at, and I think that's great in the regular season. I just think you always find a team that eventually can can hunt him down, and it's going to cause help and cause him to be away from the basket in ways that, you know, really impact your team when your defense is going to be built around him, because it is, that's the, the way the defense is going to be built. And I think it kind of pigeonholes you into one style. Gobert and Towns are going to play a lot together. That means you're bigs. And I know that's unorthodox against the rest, the rest of the league. I'm just, I'm not as high on it from like, uh, from like giving up five first round picks from it. Like, I know we don't, we kind of uh, immortalize first round picks, but I mean, like, I just think that's a lot. And I don't know who was, who are they betting against? So I, I really don't know, but yeah, the yeah. negotiations of the deal, I agree, do not work in Minnesota's favor. I think they significantly overpaid, but I do think that in the regular season playing two bigs, perfectly valid. And they're going to win a lot of regular season games because their defense is going to be awesome with Rudy Gobert and they have enough offensive talent, you know, to make that work. I, I think Chris Finch is going to unlock a little bit more offense out of Rudy than we've seen previously. Like I think Quinn Saunders is a very good coach. I think they stopped innovating in Utah a couple of years back. And what yeah. they were just didn't really change. And so I'm glad that Rudy gets another environment to, you know, open up more facets of his game. I also think that just because you play two bigs is not pigeonhole you into one style. Like we saw Boston alternately take Rob Williams and Al Horford out sure. of the game and use a one big look because, I mean, I'm not sure Minnesota has enough wings left because they gave away, you know, Malik <laughs> Beasley and Patrick Beverly and Jared Vanderbilt in that trade. But yeah, I do think that, like there is some optionality in terms of how you can play one or, you know, the other by themselves. Uh, I know that like the wolves didn't really bench cat unless he got into foul trouble, but let's face it, that's probably going to happen more often than not. So you have opportunities to play one bigger, the other. I don't know. I just, I think they're both really good players. I don't think cat is a center. And if you can get that good of a center who like improves what I believe was the weakest part of your defense, which was rim protection, I think Rudy's really good. So I like the trade. Um, I think it makes Minnesota meaningfully better during the regular season. I don't know how it's going to work in the playoffs. Like, I think it's a very matchup dependent thing, honestly, Yeah. but they just got housed in the playoffs by Memphis driving to the rim over and over again. And that's like, it's easy to like knee jerk react to that. Right. So yeah, I looked at the West last year and I didn't see a team that Minnesota could beat in the playoffs. And now I think that there are matchups that could work for them. And so that's, that's improving. Like, sure. I don't think they're the best team in the West by any means, but I don't think this hamstrings them in the way like that they have to play a certain way. You know, Rudy's not the guy anymore, right? He was just brought in. He's not, it's not his mm-hmm. team. So you're not benching Anthony Edwards down the stretch, but I, I could see benching either of the other two guys. Yeah, that's fair. And I'm super high on Ant. Like, I think he's great. Um, I just think like his best years are still like two, three years away still. Um, and Rudy Gobert is 30 years old. So that's one of the things. But I'm super high on Ant. I'm interested to see if his like pull up jump shooting uh, continues to be real because I think that'll be very mm. important with these two. But yeah, they can run like those double drag screens. Cat is like a legit one of the best shooters ever yep. as a big man uh, mm-hmm. to come in. So I think that pairing will be great. 
Uh, I just think like the ceiling of it, like when you trade five to seven first round picks, you should be getting like a top 10 player back, right? Yeah. Just like in, in theory, if you're going to trade that much draft equity, mm-hmm. especially all unprotected, I think Zach Lowe on that same podcast laid it out. It's basically seven because they got this year's first round pick as well that they selected. So basically seven first round unprotected uh, first round picks uh, or one is like top 10 or something like that. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think they'll be fine in the regular season. I just think like the cap on that, um, it, you're kind of in this core of Gobert, Cat, and 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 you can trade one of them for sure and get some equity back. But I think it's interesting. It's one of the biggest trades that went down. We obviously have a couple more guys that um, are in the conversation that we lamented on the last few podcasts. But uh, <laughs> but I think this was the biggest one so far, right? The Deontay Murray one happened. I'm not sure how much of a. I love Deontay Murray. I don't know how much of a needle that moves for the Hawks. Um, but I think this was the biggest one in the West that happened. Um, and I think it's cool that there are just so many different ways to look at it. And I'm really excited to watch Minnesota because I mean, some people are going to be proven wrong. Some people are going to be proven right. <laughs> like, and there's just so many years that we're going to be discussing this because he's on a brand mm-hmm. new extension and there are so many picks that have been sent to Utah's way, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of picks. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> undeniable. It's a lot of picks. Um, right. you know, and as Laker fans, we are familiar with the idea of giving up lots of picks to improve your team for a guy who may or may not be foundational superstar. I'm of course referring to last year's first round pick that we sent away, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Raj, is there anything else you wanted to say about summer league or uh, should we let this one finish so I can pack for Vegas? (laughs) I'll let you go pack. Happy for you to finally go to Vegas and whoever's listening, if you're able to go, if you can make the drive, um, get the hotel, I would highly recommend it. It's a great experience. Um, even if you just go for one day, um, you'll get to go all day, watch a bunch of basketball um, and just have a good time with it. It's Vegas, too. So you, it's an excuse to go to Las Vegas. Uh, so please, please go to Summer League if you have the sh- if you have a chance. Yeah, that's uh, Raj Shapalu of the Las Vegas Tourism Board, you know, also a co-host of I Love Basketball. Thank you all for listening and make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast feed for shows about the Lakers every day of the week. We'll be back next Wednesday.